enjoying a mate at the end of the uh, day off. Welcome to Hand of Pod. to a hand of pod that is recorded on the 206th anniversary of the de- declaration of the Argentine Revolution. So happy mm. birthday, Argentina. Happy in, birthday. In one way. Um, I'm joined this week, I'm Sam Kelly, and I'm joined by English Town. Hello and welcome. And Argentine Andres. Hello and Feliz Dia de la Patria. Same to you. More so you. to you, in fact, Andres, because you are actually Argentine. Yeah. Um, so congratulations on your country. Uh, being a country or whatever, breaking um, free from the shackles of foreign yes. oppression. Indeed, we are drinking mate um, tonight because we got a bit confused and I didn't bother bringing the phone out with me. Um, so this is going to be an unusually sober podcast, but we will get until we break the wine out, maybe, possibly, maybe. possibly. Uh, but we will get cracking straight away with the results from the weekend's football. So here we go. Arsenal de Sarandí 2, River Plate 1, and Tigre 2, Aldo City 0 on Friday evening. Atlético de Rafaela 0, Argentinos Juniors 2, but Olimpo 0, Sarmiento 1 on Saturday meant that in spite of their win, Argentinos Juniors are relegated to the second division for next season. Um, also on Saturday, Diego Milito's farewell took place and ended. <laughs> Dan was there. You I there, wasn't. Oh, you weren't. You were just no. watching on TV. Oh. I oh, know, I couldn't get there. Well, unfortunately. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about this in a second. It, it ended in um, a slightly comical 2 0 victory for Racing against comical. Temperley. Well, two penalties in a minute and a half. They were both, they were both penalties, they were both but still, penalties, it, was a bit, yeah. uh, it was as if the Temperley goalkeeper was, was playing for Milito's farewell as much that as That was happening in homage matches. Then he came off injured, the poor lad. Yeah. He really didn't have a no, good game. No, he didn't have a very good first half at all. Um, also on Saturday, Vélez Sarsfield nil, Patronato nil. Quilmes nil, Independiente three, um, and then on Sunday we had a draw for San Lorenzo, one one at home to Banfield, and a defeat in the Clásico for Godoy Cruz, two nil away to San Martín, which means that San Lorenzo top Group One by a point ahead of Godoy Cruz, and will be playing the final this Sunday um, in the Estadio Monumental against Lanús at quarter past four in the afternoon. Oh, that's very hot. Yes. Um, old boys. I did say we are under my breath. So yes, I didn't you did. I did uh, old boys beat Atletico Tucumán 2-1 in um, Rosario, which is where their stadium is. And mm. Estudiantes and Unión drew 1-1. That means that Estudiantes um, finished second in Group 2 and go into the Libertadores playoff along with Godoy Cruz, who of course finished second in Group 1. The Libertadores playoff is going to be played at... Do we have it confirmed? It's five o'clock, isn't it, on Saturday? No. Um, not sure why, because they initially announced it for quarter past four, and then everybody was up in arms because that clashes with the Champions League final in Europe. Um, 
and then they decided to announce it for five o'clock, which still clashes with the European Champions League final. But there we go. Um, so the the Libertadores playoff, which isn't really a Libertadores playoff, or might not really be a Libertadores playoff, is going to take place between Godoy Cruz and Estudiantes at thank you Andres five p.m. Um, in Cordoba, I think it is, isn't it, on Saturday. Um, also, at the same time as those on Sunday afternoon, Boca Juniors and defensor Ijusticia drew nil-nil. Finally, on Sunday night, Lanús won Huracán 3, which brought to an end a run of 10 consecutive home victories for Lanús. Mm-hmm. And on Monday, Belgrano beat Rosario Central 1-0 in Córdoba, and Gimnasia y Esgrima La Plata beat Colón de Santa Fe 3-0. Gentlemen, main talking points from the weekend, please. Yeah, the main talking points got to be Melita, right? <laughs> I can't think of anything else. Let's get that one over and done with, so that we can get on to the matches that meant something. It, it did mean something. I was almost moved to tears. I was going to go. But thanks to Sam's team, who fucked me over something royally, Manchester United, go on. I had to stay for the end of extra time to sort out all the post-match coverage on my website. Oh, I see. I'm lucky. And I managed to sort all, that, all of that out just for half four, and then it was really too late to get to Avashanir so I had to watch no I hold my hands up it was half past five yeah yeah. it was quite a thing to see on on TV as well because if there's one thing Racing do right it's kind of these emotional moments like they did do a good and so you cry at home I was in tears, yeah, yeah. I spoke to a mate of mine when we went to play Father's Side on Monday, another Racing fan, and, and he was bawling his eyes out on, on Saturday. The good thing of watching it at, at home on TV is that you could hear uh, on, live, of course, words, kind words by, by, by Milito to the, to the yeah. fans, to the supporters. Which it, it felt like it was honest, it's not uh, the cassette or the, the phrases that all the time players say. But I will give a hug, a hug to all of the mm. fans that are in the, mm. and, and that yeah. and, and that when he was crying and was touched. No, it's all. I think if you can say anything about Melito, he's, he's just a very genuine person. He's never tried to make himself out as something he isn't, or tried to exaggerate what he does in the field. He's always just shown that I'm this. I'm a striker. I'm I'm going to give my all for every team and. That's why I think if you see all the all the reactions from Zaragoza, from Inter, from Genoa, all of them shouting praise after that game, saying look, you're the principe, you're, you're the you're the best thing that's ever come from our team, and so, so it's like something. Yeah. He just he just grabs you, Milito. He's like such a nice bloke, just such a really really nice bloke. I think. And so, something that happens here in Argentina, particularly, there are perhaps other places where it happens, but uh, Milito being so touched because of this, and mm. of course, having enjoyed winning the, the Champions League and the World yeah. Club Cup with, with Mourinho, it's one of the top oh, yeah. managers in, in the world, yeah. but having been happy of uh, retiring with the, the, the t shirt he wanted to, to retire and uh, giving more importance to that than. To the titles he could have won, mm-hmm. and that is apart from genuine, it's something that happens mostly here. It's more here, and that's why are so important the clubs and, and the teams 
uh, being identified with the with the players. Uh, oh, completely. I know you, at times you can be very kind of glib about this uh, this phenomenon, saying when players come back and they kiss the badge and they say, ah, but there's there are no fans like in Argentina, like as well when when Paul McCartney when. The Rolling Stones come to Argentina. They say, "Ah, there's no fans like Argentina," and you can take it with a pinch of salt. But it's hard to reproduce the, these kind of scenes without the passion. I think that that an Argentine that an Argentine crowd generates, and that's what Diego Melito feeds off. I mean, you're talking about a guy who uh, who came from all, all the youth ranks, uh, Racing in more than that, in a time when the club was completely bankrupt, I remember um, I did some research for, research for an article I did just before he retired, and it told a story of how the the young the youth players in Racing they they were all in a, a pension, um, a boarding house near the near the stadium, and they used to get woken up every morning by by a cockerel, and then one morning. They didn't hear the cockroach. They're like, no, what the hell is going on? They come down to eat at lunch and the cockroach was on the table. They killed it and prepared it for lunch because they literally had nothing else to eat. So they had to grab the cockroach from outside the stadium, kill it and, and serve up at the table. And also the cold showers, not being paid for months on end. Like, I think in, in that age in Argentine football like all these guys went through it in the 90s and stuff it's something a lot of them are still going through now it must be said yeah not, but not at Racing but no at Racing but Racing but Racing are always kind of a step ahead like they go through financial troubles just before everyone else starts <laughs> the, the pioneers yeah they are pioneers in the good and the bad so just the fact in Milito as well when I think when he left Racing he wasn't an idol I mean, it wasn't like someone, uh, how could I say? A like, symbol. Yeah, like Tevez, for example. When Tevez left Boca, he was already an, a Boca icon. Or Rekelme, when he left Boca the first time, he was already a Boca icon. Uh, Melito, he was a late bloomer. He really came into his own in, in his late 20s when, when he started to show just, just how good he was. And kind of the myth of Milito for a lot of Racing fans was was created from outside the club for what he achieved uh, in Genoa, in Zaragoza, in Inter. And then when he came back, I was like, right. ah, it's great. I mean, this guy was born in our club. Now, now what's he going to do? And I think we all saw what he could do. He, he took us to the first league title in, in 13 years. He was always... An exemplary captain, someone who led from the front, never got sent off, never did stupid things. Just yeah, yeah. I can't I can't say anything higher than the guy. Just an an icon of the club, like any someone. I think any club would would like to have in their ranks. I remember uh, Ilian when he was. I think that that episode with Seba also when Racing became champions mm. in 2014, that. Milito was at the Parisia with uh, other other members of the club. I think when they were to celebrate the, the title, the, the title they had had won, and they wanted to touch him to 
to to give him a hug and, and and to say we love you and it's something so strong that of course there are a lot of teams and a lot of uh, uh, supporters in Argentina that will tell you well it's the same as we with Tevez with yeah. Kelme River with Francescoli with Ortega and could be similar but uh, those kind of things and Racing is very very uh, it's it's something something that identifies. Uh, uh, mostly to to Racing fans is something very 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 uh, touchy. Yes. Yeah. The post Diego Milito era has already begun for Racing because whilst we record, mm. we are watching, or at least I'm watching. Done. Uh, the Racing fan has got his back to the screen. Um, the Racing take on Gimnasia y Tiro de Salta mm-hmm. um, in the Copa Argentina in the 32th final. Mm-hmm. Um, a little earlier this evening, Tigre exited at the 32th final stage. That's the last 64. I'd like to say finish. one more thing on Racing before we we change subject you definitively. Can. I'll just complete what I was saying um, yes, since right. I started saying it halfway through a sentence. Uh, to Douglas Haig on penalties. That's a club, not a person. Um, named after a person, <laughs> of course. Uh, Dan, sorry, carry on now. Yeah. Uh, another high-profile departure in these days will be Sebastian Sacha. After five years at Racing, which in Argentine terms is twenty years in another club, uh, he will play no more. I think this. I think he's in goal now. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it will be his last game. So but it's going to be what Matias Ibanez stepping up, or are you going to be Racing Nelson Ibanez? Nelson is. I always call him Matias Ibanez. <laughs> Who's Matias Ibanez? There is a Lanús goalkeeper Ibanez. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah. But carry on. No. And I just wanted to point it out now as we were talking about Milito, just to say something about the the great character of Saka as well, who's been a hero for Racing in a lot of his career. Mm. But United he only mentioned that he could be leaving Racing after Saturday because he didn't want to take any other spotlight <laughs> off Milito. That's nice. No, I think it says a lot about I'm, him. I'm not being sarcastic, though. Right. It's genuinely nice. It sounded a bit sarcastic. No, I think I have this time. <laughs> and the hug that Melito gave Saka on Saturday, no, there wasn't a dry on, dry in the house, I don't think. So no. Saludos to, um, to Gina Saka as well. A real, a real star of wrestling. I've always, always supported him like through the five years. Indeed, you have. <laughs> um, including f- five years, which is not... Yeah, it pretty much coincides with the five and a half years that we've been recording the podcast, doesn't it, really? Not so far. It's quite neat. Yeah. Same as Oriana Boca. Well, it'll be five, it'll be five years uh, at the start of the 2016 other season. Okay. Uh, so saying, like, you know, almost when, a year less than When the dead time runs down, it'll be five years. Uh-huh. Let's say. Agustin Orion, under to answer your question, has been at Boca since... According 2012, I think. Um, 2013. 2011. Really? 2011, 12. Mm. Yeah, because I heard when we so were talking about years, this after, after, afterwards, but uh, about Boca, about Orion, yeah. that has been huge, huge at the mm. penalty shootout, and he said that after the after that the match, yes, it's five years since I am at Boca, so it was same as. Yeah. Um, moving on to the matches that were let's say, more meaningful in terms of um, league position and finishes and, and important stuff. There were basically six of them. We can get the first two out of the way very quickly. Olimpo versus Sarmiento was scrappy. 
tense for the most part because um, Argentinos took a very early lead away to Atletico de Rafaela um, and that meant that for the whole of that match essentially um, Argentinos and Sarmiento were dead level and an Argentinos win combined with a Sarmiento draw would have meant that those two teams had to play a um, tiebreaker to decide who got relegated and Argentinos were eventually relegated when is it Renato or Renzo Spinacci? Spinassi? Renzo, um, Renzo, isn't it? I think, yeah. We've only got his first initial here. It's definitely R. Uh, I think it's Renzo. When Renzo Spinacci, Spinassi, um, came up with a low finish into the corner in the 92nd minute with just seconds left to play, uh, which somewhat irritatingly means that Ricardo Caruso Lombardi has got yet another escape from relegation seven seventh as Andres says um, why is that irritating though and he's much he's good less at what he does because, he, because I think he's a twat but it's good because much less, you can think he's a twat but he's good at what he does much less irritatingly means that Argentino Junior is a club who sold themselves out to the Barra Brava in December in their uh, club election have been relegated and have I think he knows, the only team to be relegated he knows about football he Knows uh, mm. uh, players we usually don't, uh, uh, the, the Ascenso, uh, the, the minor divisions. Oh, I'm not denying he's good at what he does, I just think he's a. But, and I think he knows what he does, person. but the problem is that he thinks doesn't, and as, it, as he wants, there is always something strange or something mm. not legal. And because he won, <laughs> now it's, everything is legal. Allegedly. So, Mm. That is something that irritates Everything. Then, then he knows, and, and, and of course, if he wins, it's okay. Uh, but you can't say all the time that things are, are not good because you, you lose, you lose and, and everything is okay because you win. It's, that's the only thing. Before, um, Argentina, uh, one of the teams, is already saved, right? Yes. So he doesn't owe them anything. Yeah. I think possibly twice. Um, <laughs> what this means is that Argentinos finished so. bottom of the promedios and next season, actually I should have brought up next season's standings sooner, shouldn't I? But let's get uh, up on Promiedos now. It looks like Tashid is going to be taking their place for now. Quite possibly. Um, of course, sorry, yeah, you're talking about the, the team coming up. I'm talking about next season's relegation table. Um, we're not going to go into too much detail on it just yet because basically we still don't know how many teams are going to be relegated in a year's time. Um, mm. So, for all we know, Patronato and Newell's old boys, who are currently sort of mid-table, might very well be in danger um, of relegation if the AFA do decide to relegate 10 teams in one go. But the teams at the bottom of the relegation standings um, for next season are Atletico de Rafaela, Tempele, Sarmiento, Olimpo and Quilmes. They're the sort of bottom five plus, as Dan says, it looks like it's going to be Tacheres de Córdoba who've come up um, to replace Argentinos from the second division. Um, so that should give some idea of, of the kind of relegation battles that we can expect if we've got, say, a three or four team relegation zone um, in a year's time, which is, I think, still mm. the most likely. But we don't know because to of the be honest, so I wouldn't be surprised at all to see a twenty-team Primera at this time next year. This time next year. Mm -hmm. So you think that they might relegate all those teams, or they might restart? I don't know even if it would be relegated without calling it just relegation, but. Cutting them out, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but that remains still to be seen because they still haven't made any decisions about mm -hmm. it at the AFA because everybody's still arguing. There is talk about one of the uh, government ministries, the, the Ministry of Justice, having to um, intervene and, and push it through um, in something of a 
power play from uh, Marcelo Tinelli's supporters to try and prevent Hugo Moshano from from getting the presidency, mostly as well because uh, Mr Macri, the president of Argentina, doesn't want Moshano getting the presidency of the AFA. Um, and in fact, nor should anybody else, quite frankly, and I'm not a Macri supporter by any means, but um, Moshano getting in charge of the AFA would not be good for the AFA, I don't think. The um, story now is, I don't know if you've heard this, Sam or Andres. If it's happened today, then I haven't. Graciela Ocaña Ocaña, yeah. As interim AFA president. Who is Graciela Ocaña, though? Graciela Ocaña is, is a renewal front um, congresswoman. Mm-hmm. Very anti-corruption, and I believe she was the one who first presented the charges of overpricing and... What's the word? Uh, what's the stealing. word I'm looking for? Not stealing. Um, embezzling. Yes, that's the. That's the one. That's the one I was. And embezzling <laughs> against the AFA for uh, the football parados prices. Okay. She was the one who put in the first criminal complaint. Mm-hmm. She's a a serial complainer. Let's say, you know. So she alongside be... Carrió. She's one of these. People that always just throws in denuncia, denuncia, denuncia. So she would be what the, the person who the um, Ministry of Justice are looking to put exactly, in. Exactly, yeah. It's not exactly to, the Ministry of Justice. It's it, it's one sort of the of the, of the Ministry of Justice. The auditory justice IGJ. team, yeah. IGJ. I yeah. looked up and it turned out they were part of them. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Slightly independent, yeah. but under the same mm-hmm. umbrella. So. The idea, as I read it in a very simplified piece um, a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. what, uh, yesterday, sorry, in fact, not a couple of days ago, one day ago, um, was that they want to do something to put back the elections a little bit further until like October. Six to months. hopefully yeah. give Tinelli a chance to get a bit more of a voter base together and therefore stave off the threat of Hugo Moshano. Not so much a threat. threat because the two of Sort of closing together, and they've had a couple of a couple of meetings. What Tinelli would go for if the elections happened now was to throw support in behind Moshano as the president of, oh, of the AFA, takes charge of the with Tinelli taking charge of the Super League mm. if it comes. But we'll have to see. Perhaps Ocaña will take charge of the AFA for six months, and then on an interim basis, then we'll see. Which is, it's all turning out really similar to what I put in my <laughs> satirical predictions. I've got it right with Valor, <laughs> apart yeah, from... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If anything with Valor didn't go far enough, but with the Afro as well, it's all, yeah, it's all going amazing. We'll have to revisit that. I think that if I put, oh, Kanye's going to take uh, charge of the Afro in, in my satirical predictions, it was, ah, oh, but fuck off, man. <laughs> Be a little bit serious, but... This That's is the rate. thing with Argentine football. The, um, the fiction always overcomes the she, reality. Seriously, Ocaña... The around. The reality always overcomes the Seriously, fiction. government wants Ocaña to, to yeah. be there and there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> back to the on-pitch stuff. Um, the other matches that mattered over the weekend, as we say, San Lorenzo got a 1-1 draw with um, Banfield and Godoy Cruz were beaten 2-0 by San Martín meaning that San Lorenzo Pip got away Cruz to first place for Group 1 
I felt a bit sorry for Godoy Cruz, but uh, uh, then they started whining about the fact that San Lorenzo were being paid to win the match, and I thought, well, that's not as bad San as Martin. if they were being paid to throw it. Sorry, San Martin were being paid to win the match. And it's like, well, but it, that, yeah, that, but that just means they're motivated, doesn't it? Yes, that is, the whole thing about incentives, Smith corruption, and you shouldn't. It's okay. It's just such a stupid argument. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean if, if, if you want to win going, a game, you want to win a if, game. If, if they were know. going, hang on, but they're paying Banfield to throw their game, then yeah, okay, that that's a fair complaint. But just oh, this isn't fair. They were motivated to play against us. <laughs> so what? No, um, I don't. San Lorenzo, uh, Godoy Cruz, sorry, have got their two main strikers, Jaime Ayoi and Santiago Garcia both suspended this coming weekend for that Copa Libertadores playoff against Estudiantes as well because um, IOE was complaining uh, along the lines that I just said after the match and what did Garcia get sent off for? I've forgotten um, it was during the game I can't remember what it was no. um, at any rate San Martín deserved their win Godoy Cruz completely disappeared in, um, in the biggest match of the year for them but I think we still should be applauding Godoy Cruz over the course of the year because they were one of the teams who were picked out at the start of the year as potential relegation candidates or at least being very low down and they've done magnificently I don't know if, if that uh, that what uh, I should be said it's good or not what is not good is Emmanuel Denning uh, the San Martin San Juan striker I think he's called one of those or the goals mm-hmm. saying uh, Tomba Tomba you got it inside uh, that is not good because for in, term, in terms of violence if you mm-hmm. then say Then they throw you a, a lighter or or a, or a stone or mm. a, or a bottle. Mm. Of course, it's not. Uh, you don't can't justify, justify that. But if you say things like that, then uh, well, uh, it's yeah. it's not good. It's not good. No, no, no. it's a classical. It's not good behavior. Passions were heated at yeah. the end, <laughs> but yeah, there's um, as you say, that doesn't really help anything. Um, so well done, San Lorenzo. Well done. And the hard luck, Godoy Cruz. Hard luck to Atletico Tucumán, mm-hmm. who've also done magnificently, newly promoted, um, and very, very nearly got into the Libertadores, but they lost 2-1 to the first decent Newell's Old Boys performance since they won the league in 2014 or something like that. I don't no, know. they also beat Racing 5-0 this year. But honestly, honestly... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the first decent New Year's Old Boys performance since they beat Racing in what the third round or something or the second round, wasn't it? I think they've had two um, or three really good performances and thirteen awful performances. Yeah. It's really it's very railroad. Honestly, I, I think that the four teams that have the two that are going to play the final of to to become champions and and, and, and having qualified to the Copa Libertadores and the two that will play the second for a third spot to the Copa Libertadores They are, it's fair to be for them to be the ones mm. to play those matches because oh I agree I just feel very sorry for Atletico Tucumán I'd much rather see course, them in Libertadores they, 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 they promoted this year it's okay they made a very very good campaign but uh, mm. to, to be in the Copa Libertadores for a club that, that, that mm. like Atletico Tucumán I think it's big mm. if, if they had If they deserve it, it's okay. Of course, I don't say that. Hey, I think the command can't play the Copa Libertadores. Godoy Cruz at least have played uh, the Copa Sudamericana, which is uh, another another tournament in the continent. And if they qualify, I think they will be Estudiantes, the one who wins that match. I have to say though, qualifying for the Libertadores let's, on let's the back of 16 move. games is ridiculous. 
we will move on to exactly what the Libertadores qualifier uh, qualification stuff is about in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean, partly you're right. Doing another half a season is ridiculous. But then they've been doing that that way for what? years and years anyway. No. Well, somebody or others has been qualified for half a season of winning because the champions of one of the short championships always got into the Libertadores, haven't they? The champions, yeah. But then uh, the, half a season. the placings were always firm. Oh, yeah, totally. calendar, no, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's still only half a season and half a good season, and you can yeah, deliver to Doris, then you can completely fall away in the second half of the year. Um, yeah. So it works both ways. But I would generally actually, Andres, I would agree. Over the course of the season, I thought Estudiantes had, have had a very, very well balanced side. They've looked like Estudiantes have looked for most of the time that I've been following Argentine football. Just a very good transition mm. from defence into attack, um, a solid midfield. Not spectacular, beautiful, flowing football, but yeah. decent to watch when they need to be. Um, steely when they need to be as well, and so on. Um, so well done to them. And as we say, Estudiantes are going to be going into a Copa Libertadores, not a Copa Libertadores playoff, sorry, an Argentine league playoff to decide one of the Copa Libertadores spots. Except it might not actually decide anything. Um, Argentina won in when, when the balls get drawn out of the bag in December in the Libertadores draw. Argentina won will be the winners of um, the Sunday's match, the, the final to decide the championship. So Argentina won will be the champions of Argentina. That's fair enough. Argentina two will be the runners-up of um, mm. the Argentine championship. So whoever loses between San Lorenzo and Lanús on Sunday. Argentina three will be the winners of this match between Estudiantes and Godoy Cruz. Both the final and the playoff, for those who are wondering, uh, if they're level after 90 minutes, will go to extra time, followed by penalties. Um, bit weird, because normally in South America we're not used to seeing extra time, but the regulations say extra time for these ones, so there we go. Unless the final, the final of the Copa Libertadores is to the same the same way. They say it the same way, I think. The final of the Libertadores goes to With no, yeah. no the away final. goals? And in the final. Yes. Oh, well, okay. My word. Thank you for that. Um, So Argentina 3 is the winner of uh, this um, uh, playoff that we're having on Saturday between, who did I say, Estudiantes and Godoy Cruz. Um, Argentina 5 will be the winners of the Copa Argentina. And Argentina 4 is the losers of the playoff on Saturday. Argentina's 1-4 to go straight into the group stage. So at this stage, you're probably wondering... What's the point in this match on Saturday? Why don't they just draw them out of a hat? The answer is um, that there are six Argentine clubs in this year's Copa Sudamericana. Those six mm-hmm. clubs are San Lorenzo, Independiente, Belgrano, Estudiantes, Banfield and Lanús. If one of those clubs wins the Copa Sudamericana, and if that club has not already qualified for next year's Libertadores via the Argentine League or Cup, uh, then they will take... Argentina 4's spot or rather I think they'll take Argentina's 5's spot but the Copa Argentina um, winners get bumped up to Argentina 4 so essentially it's Argentina 4 the losers of Saturday's playoff who drop out so the loser of that play. of that playoff between Estudiantes and Golden Cruz should pray not for an Argentinian club to win the Copa Sudamericana except it's only they only have to pray for an Argentine club who haven't already qualified for the Libertadores right, not so if San Lorenzo Lanús or Estudiantes whether Estudiantes win or lose this playoff, uh, win the Copa Sudamericana, they stay. it doesn't make any difference. Yes. 
both Estudiantes and Godoy Cruz, regardless of Saturday's result. If Banfield wins it, that will make a difference. If uh, Banfield, Belgrano, Independiente win the Sudamericana, then the losers of this game coming up on Saturday won't go into it. This could mean that, let's say, Estudiantes win uh, the playoff. It could mean that Godoy Cruz then sit around and in a few weeks' time, well, actually, no, it'll be a couple of months' time, won't it, when, when the preliminary stages of the Copa Sudamericana begin, Independiente, Belgrano and Banfield all lose their first round matches and Godoy Cruz know already, yes, we've qualified anyway. It could mean that one of those sides gets all the way to the final of the Copa Sudamericana and Godoy Cruz are sitting there wondering whether they can pop the champagne open or not. It's ridiculous, in my opinion. I think that the importance of a football match... And, and, and Godoy Cruz players will, will complain, oh, that they were motivated to win the Copa Sudamericana. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I could do, but yeah. I, I think that there is a, a level of ridiculousness in this situation in that the importance of a match should be apparent when that match is actually played. It shouldn't become apparent possibly as much as six or seven months later. Um, yes. it's, it's a bit of a dog's dinner. But that is, um, in case you're listening and you're planning on watching this weekend's two uh, decisive matches, that is how decisive, in inverted commas, the, the Saturday game will be. Um, so so that you know what's on the table, as it were. Um, other matches? Did anybody score any good goals or do anything good? Oh, Newell's old boys uh, win over Atletico Tucumán was widely expected to be Maxi Rodriguez's farewell, but he gave a post-match interview in which he was talking about the future and um, was heavily implying that he was still thinking of a future at Newell's old boys. So looks like he's not retiring yet. Um, Barrieri scored a nice goal against River. Mm-hmm. In the first ma- play of the match, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, oh, Twenty-three seconds in, bloody hell! Yes. <laughs> another another mistake by Alvarez Valanta was uh, not, of course, through a good moment, uh, precisely. Uh, and it was the first uh, match in which Augusto Batalla uh, was in the starting lineup as a goalkeeper. Since Marcelo Gallardo confirmed he will be the the one who replaces Marcelo Barovero. Mm-hmm. And it was not the best debut, uh, but he he confirmed he he will be the one. Uh, anyway, uh, no matter he, they they if they sign another another experienced goalkeeper that could be Armani from Atletico Nacional or Andujar that was mentioned, but now I think is is behind. Mm. Uh, well, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, he's got to say it for now because he's got to. Give his goalkeeper some some confidence, but mm-hmm. uh, it wouldn't surprise me if. River but he will he won't be in the first two or three uh, rounds of the next tournament because of the Olympics. Of the Olympics, yes. Assuming he makes the the, the final list, of course. The the uh, that's a good point that we should talk about both of those in the second half of the but podcast. Before that, a question for lists. you, River fans. Go on, you bunch. How would you rate the season? Because I'd say, from a Racing point of view. I say it's probably a six or a seven. You can't really go any higher than that. Um, with River, and I don't know if you're expecting more. Like of if the been. team had uh, underperformed, overperformed. Like what's what's your feeling from the They've season? They've overperformed, underperformed. Sorry, enormously. Um, for reasons that, that that were, you know, apparent over the summer when the lack of signings didn't seem to make much sense let's say uh, I don't think we were expecting them to, to fall off as dramatically as they have done um, but yeah they never really got to grips with, with either of the competitions that they were in I was wondering that because you look at River squad and you'd say look 
That's not a squad to win the Libertadores. But it was a squad that in Group A, or Group 1, whatever it was called, could have challenged for the league. So was it was was it a strategic mistake to, um, to throw all the eggs in into the Libertadores basket? I don't think it was, because mostly because if you're in Gachardo's position, you've got to go all out for the Libertadores, because that's what the fans want. You're the defending champions... And going all out for the Libertadores, in particularly in, in a six-month campaign like this one, which has been so congested because of the need to get all the fixtures out of the way in time for the Copa America, and blah, blah, blah. Um, you really don't have any choice but to end up putting out the kids in, in the league games. And well, Central did it, right? Yeah, no, Central. Exactly. And often, in yeah. fact, Central were starting off doing the opposite. They were putting out the first yeah, round in the league. Yeah, um, and, and the kids in the in the copper, um, and often the kids turn out to be good enough at, at, at clubs like River. In the past, they have done. Uh, for this occasion, they haven't, and I think one or two of the signings, I won't say were were silly. Mm-hmm. No, they just you know, didn't, ahead of the event. Didn't work. Yeah, um, but didn't they work. didn't end up um, working the way that they were hoped yeah. to, and the defense was. I mean, they had horrific luck, bad luck with injuries. Mm. Maidana and Eder Alberic Balanta both getting injured in like the first week of the season and both being out for the first couple of months and all of a sudden Gachado's having to play 18 year old central midfielders alongside um, 17 year old centre backs <laughs> to, to make up a, a central defensive duo so from that point of view unfortunate as well but I mean definitely for me disappointment I don't know what Andres thinks as the actual lifelong yes uh, if you talk about defence uh was big big change from from last year to, to this one uh, we mentioned this a lot of times and I think that in the case of Maidana could have been a muscle injury for, for example uh, that he suffered and it was three or four matches uh, in which he couldn't play but then Alvarez Valenta I have already said that for me it's something has to do with his mind not with something strictly strictly, strictly physical because uh, he could never uh, come, uh, return to his level, or the level he he showed when he he just started. And uh, well, uh, uh, that is big change uh, from from last year. Then uh, Copa Libertadores, it's always the same number of matches, six in the group stages and eight in the knockout stages. And the first division tournament, in this case, it was sixteen matches, but is almost always 19 matches or in, could be 38 in the case there's annual uh, format and it's there are less matches of course it's you have to travel more you have to uh, 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 play in different conditions but in that in that case I think Copa Libertadores and of course River have, has won three Copas Libertadores mm. and 35 tournaments in in, in, in local uh, stage so uh, I think it has to do with the mix of those mistakes mistakes you, you have mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Gachardo has taken wrong decisions that are are normal in the in the in the way a, a coach uh, coaches work because uh, in the first two years or year and a half everything was perfect. Everything the players were uh, player performances was just perfect and as I think the at the highest level they could have played one of the of the examples is Piculicci now is uh, 
told to leave or said it said he would leave to, to Chile and, and, and during the tournament River won the, the international tournaments was just awesome uh, and, uh, and and uh, he he take he, he was the decisions he could have taken were uh, easy because of this the players helped with his perform their performances now in this case he had to take a lot of decisions uh, in some cases because of injuries some others because the players didn't work the way he mm. he wanted uh, and to change all the time to have to change all the time because the players doesn't give you an, a, a, a response or the one you want makes you all the time to give this like manotazos mm -hmm. uh, and he was not used to do this because when he was the coach of Nacional he became champion then came to River and became champion he didn't suffer what was worries to for to have a team with players with a very very low self esteem with a very very low yeah. performance players that you sometimes think they don't want to stay well mm -hmm. players that they don't want to stay because Barovero of course it's great one of the greatest goalkeepers in history mm -hmm. for for some people is even better than than Filiol mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. One is he, they are in the top three of the best yeah. goalkeepers in history, and uh, he 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 lives because he wants to. Yeah. Uh, so there are players that they don't want to play at River, and perhaps they they are playing because they have the contract mm -hmm. uh, signed. Yeah. yeah, this is what I'm wondering about Gachardo, because I've got no doubt that tactically he's he's a very astute guy. He seems to adapt him adapt River for what the situation needs, but. Let's be honest, he, he won the Sudamericana in, in 2014 with Ramon's team, the team Ramon had put together. He won the Libertadores in 2015, still with Ramon's team. No, that was more his own. But the players there were almost all from... Sanchez and Mura weren't at, at yeah, River. Teo left, he had yes. to replace Teo. Um, he, he replaced him but with two Libertadores games to go. Sanchez and Mora. In, yeah. in final. No, Teo left in January, in December, in fact. Teo left immediately after winning the Sudamericana. No, 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 yeah. he was there in. He wasn't there for the in first. In Libertadores, he was there. He left in June 2015, so he was definitely there. Because I remember in the group stage, he missed about five goals against Quinaudich. I think that he uh, had an opportunity to work over the summer of. 20, January 2015 um, and was able to make it I mean I would agree that, that I think he only missed the semi-final and final and that's when Eladio came in so what I'm saying about Gacharro like tactically can be a very good coach but, but I've he, not seen like the majority of purchases and, and squad additions he's he made differently, but he played differently disappointing compared to what Ramon did and what Ramon but, doesn't seem to get credit for it's like he built what you saw when you watched Ramon Diaz, uh, he he was champion, deserved, uh, he deserved mm -hmm. to be the champion, yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and it's that team, kind of like the remainder of that team, that every year got a bit weaker, that won the Sudamericana. Sur but when, when, when you watch Ramon Diaz games, you watched a team that, of course, tried to manage the difference they got, they got they, mm -hmm. uh, be, be, uh, through the goals. Uh, trying to to be more careful, and and with Gallardo at, at least the first uh, phase in which he mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the very first matches 
he he showed from the very very first moment to go and try to mm. look for another goal to oh no nice, completely I'm with you there that's what I'm saying tactically I think yes. Gacharo is an excellent coach he's done everything right in River tactically his mistake the doubt for me is his kind of vision in in bringing in players because Ramon he didn't have. Both, very interesting both tactics had, but he brought in a lot of players who both had, afterwards did yeah. brilliant things in River both had some I haven't seen signings. that from Gachara yet that's oh. my big doubt whether he can build a new team after the bulk of that 2015-2014 side has gone I must first correct myself and say that you're right Dan yeah, um, yeah. he did leave Teo left in uh, July 2015 mm-hmm. I was getting confused because what I had remembered was that he was terrible for yes. basically the first half of 2015 um, and may as well not have been playing for River in the Liberty Forest until he left um, and then say that in answer to the point that you just made that's what we're going to find out now I would guess mm. assuming that he stays which he appears to be doing um, and I kind of I hope he does because I, I think say, he is if I was Gacharo I would have left after the Club World Cup final well but yeah he but then the challenge I mean the challenge is to try and keep the team at that level isn't it yeah, and that's why a lot of coaches wouldn't have taken it on. Exactly. To be perfectly yeah, honest. Yeah. Exactly. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Way, if I was him, I would have. I think he still, he still sticks to his idea, and there are players that can't follow that idea, and uh, that's I think the mistake he, the main mistake he he, mm. he committed, he made because uh, it's not the same player to, the, of course, players that there is a player that thinks one mm-hmm. way, there are players that think another way, and they play yeah. the way they think, and and Machado, is a, a coach that has great ideas, <coughs> but you have to see what players you have to carry that ideas. Uh, and and both Ramon Diaz and Gallardo had mistakes with, uh, in terms of the players they signed because mm-hmm. um, Ramon Diaz took quarried uh, Jonathan Fabro, Menseguez, Omar Ferreira, mm-hmm. which were players not, of course, prepared for for, for River. And and Gallardo had Tabarevides. Bertolo and uh, I, I was uh, I think both uh, those two are the ones mm. the main mistakes he he made so both uh, made mistakes in terms of signings but uh, uh, yes uh, uh, I think that the different ideas in play is clear and uh, but Gallardo made that mistake I, I pointed out the, 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 the to, to stick with his idea and not to see the players he had. Lest this turn into another okay. podcast where, somewhat okay. inevitably, because there are two of, uh, uh, well, one of Andres and one of me, uh, where we end up talking about River a lot, uh, I'm going to call a break now. And when we come back mm. after this piece of theme music, we're going to have a bit of a discussion about what we're expecting, tactically and uh, in terms of personnel, from the upcoming championship final on Sunday. Uh, because after all, Lanús and San Lorenzo possibly deserve to be talked about a bit this week more than, mm. than certainly River do. Um, and we're also going to look over the Argentina squad for the Copa America and the preliminary list just very quickly for the Olympic Games, um, both of which have been released or confirmed this week. Thank you, Matt. Back. Not really sure what that noise was, but uh, it was very kind of them to just butt in there, wasn't it? Um, so don't go away.
versus San Lorenzo. What are we expecting on Sunday, gents? Eh, Lanús have got to win 4 0, sure. You reckon? If there's any justice over what has been the season, they should win it 4 0. You've not been impressed been fantastic. by Pablo Guedes grasping of the nettle with San Lorenzo eventually then when they when they clicked I only take it from every San Lorenzo fan I read regularly on Twitter starting with Mariano who says get it has got a go as soon as possible does he? still? No. apparently that's what San Lorenzo fans are saying they're, they're not convinced I don't think they're fantastic to watch though and, you know leave it aside what the San Lorenzo fans mm. think I haven't we'll watched, watched them that much, so. which is why. They're fantastic to watch. They're, they're really good fun. Very little. Since I've been in the other group from Racing, I haven't really watched them that much. Oh, well. You, you so, should have So I guard myself what, by what the San Lorenzo fans If I have to choose for the one who played nicer and, and, and was equally effective is Lanús. Yeah. Uh, then San Lorenzo played, was improving more and more uh, when, uh, except when, when they... Uh, got eliminated from Copa Libertadores. That of course there were some doubts with Gede, mm. but there there will always be doubt with the coach, which mm. results whose results are not good in in in, in, in this kind of tournaments. But uh, yes, it's it's very hard because it's a final. But when when you have to 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 analyze the the, the features or the the characteristics of the of the, of the teams, Lanús was I think. Uh, Nice to watch and effective. So ah, complete. Yeah. By and large, I think it's going to be. Um, I think it's a, a good clash of styles. Lanús are, are pacey and, and nice, wide sort of counter-attacking um, game, bursting from deep. And San Lorenzo are going to look to press a little higher up and, and, and to attack with the ball. By and large. Um, Obviously, Lanús' defence is a far stronger base that they can build on. Uh, Lanús have conceded 10 goals this season, and San Lorenzo um, have conceded... Oh, bloody hell, I just clicked on the wrong button and brought up San Lorenzo's pages out of the group on table, sorry. And San Lo- <coughs> Lorenzo uh, have conceded... Please load. Uh, 16. And so, goals are going to be scored by one team or the other, you would think. Um, and I would agree that Lanús are probably favourites given that defensive record um, more than anything um, they've also got goals as well Lanus. Oh, absolutely yeah yeah they, they can make they've conceded 11-12 goals a season they've conceded fewer and scored more than San Lorenzo San Lorenzo have, yeah. have got have scored 23 and conceded 16 Lanus have scored 28 and conceded 10 the amazing thing um, I saw the other day was the rarity of a big five striker uh, winning the um, the top scorer award. This almost never happened in the last five or six years. What's that sound? Hmm? What's no, I'm sound? saying this is a continuation. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant uh, that one had actually no, done no, it for no. the first time. And no, again yeah, this year, like, not, none of the top five were close to having um, a top scorer. Um, and that's something that's been repeated well, over and over again. Nicolas Blandi was fourth top scorer, but... I know what he was six yeah. goals off sound. So it's basically because sound scored loads yeah. more than anyone else. I think um, possibly yeah. the last one, I can't remember who San Lorenzo had in 2013. I don't think they had anyone either, but possibly Teo in 2011. Hang on a second, let me try and Or Cavanagh. No, because Riva, I don't think I've had one since 2006, maybe. 
going on. If you'd mentioned this during the breakdown, I could have prepared it for you. Well, uh, you know, during these, 2015... These flashes of inspiration. In 2015, the goleador was Marco Ruben of Rosario oh, Central. In the 2014 transition, it was Lucas Prato and Maxi Rodriguez and Silvio Romero of Venice Southfield. It was all boys and Lanús all together. Mm-hmm. Gustavo Bow and Teofilo Gutierrez of Racing and River and Federico Manquesha of Independiente all finished on 10, so they weren't that far off. Yeah, far off. Um, but they weren't there. In the final 2014, it was, which was the season that River won it, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the top scorer was Maro Sarate of Vélez Sarsfield. Mm-hmm. And in the final 2013, I'll get to the initial. My guess is in Teo in the. Final 2011 or Clausura or whatever it was Final called. 2013 The last time a big five striker won the Emmanuel Gigliotti and Ignacio Coco of uh, Colón and Newells respectively mm-hmm. and in the uh, Inicial 2013 uh, the top scorer was or scorers were uh, Cesar Pereira of Belgrano mm-hmm. um, and that's as far back as I can easily quickly go on Universal Football so you're not getting any more than that so it's not happened in the last Three and a half years. Um, if so you look on Wikipedia, ah, we can do it at the end, maybe. Yes, then. exactly. Um, yes. Otherwise, it'll start getting boring for people to just listen to me googling things. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's an interesting set. Like you know, the top five teams who have come back in the last four years or so after um, after a good time of not really competing for anything, but still they haven't had any. You know, it's not been off the back of a really. Dominant scorer, let's say. They've spread the goals around a bit more, mm. perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. Being kind, because Sand, as you say, has scored a huge... He's scored half of Lanus's mm. goals, in fact. He's got 14, and they've scored 28 in total. Um, Lanus have 14 from Sand, 5 from Roman Martinez, 2 from Lautaro Acosta, and then uh, Nicolas Aguirre, Miguel Almiron, Victor Ashala, Pablo Moche... Um, and two own goals have got one goal each the two own goals being Martin Nervo of Oracan and uh, Camilo Vargas of Argentino Juniors who is the man in punch uh, both of those in the last two matches incidentally the two own goals uh, which is perhaps fitting given that uh, uh, four of the ten goals that Lanús have conceded have come in the last two matches as well uh, that's a point that I was going to mention in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and San Lorenzo have sure enough got a few more goal scorers basically Nicolas Blandi with eight Fernando Bellucci, Sebastián Blanco, Martín Cauteruccio, Néstor Rotigoso with two each. And then Pablo Barrientos, Julio Buffarini, Matías Caruzzo, Ezequiel Cerruti, Mauro Matos, Franco Musis, and Leonardo, uh, Leandro Romagnoli with one each. Um, so difficult to say who's got the edge there. I do wonder whether Lanús running away with Group 2 at a canter is going to be a bit of a pain for them come Sunday, though. San Lorenzo have been operating on full throttle for a while and Lanús might just have lost some, some momentum in my opinion because they've not looked particularly great in the in the two or three recent matches that they've played since winning the league yeah but they haven't had to really but does that playing at me, I'm what I'm saying is it might have helped them to have to mm. to keep the, the, the tension up. I mean we saw what happened with well we see every year for instance what happens with the Libertadores winners uh, when they then get to the, the Club World Cup and, uh-huh. and end up struggling having not really bothered in the last half of the year since winning the Copa and all that kind of thing yeah but I don't think it's going to be as as marked a change I'd still make Lanús pretty decent favourites for that game we shall see it's we shall see um, Nestor Ortigosa is highly likely to be missing for San Lorenzo 
He's definitely In fact, he's definitely missing. Definitely that's that's how high the likelihood is. Um, he has announced that he's missing. He's also missed missing Paraguay's Copa America um, campaign. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. poor guy. Yeah, yeah. Dear. I don't think that Lanus have got anyone out after. Yes, he has a dear of some. I don't remember the uncle? No. It's not an Achilles, is it? It's um. It was a Edgar. Hang on a second. Ah. Let's do this this way. <laughs> oh shit, where's your forward slash down? Yeah, this. No. Anna forward slash is seven and shift. <laughs> the difficulties of <laughs> Trying to teach Sam how to use a, on a, a Spanish keyboard. A, well, a, a Spanish keyboard that's actually an English keyboard. Well, yes. Yeah. Or rather, an, an English keyboard that is set up to act like a Spanish keyboard. Um, I'm now going down the San Lorenzo section of Olé to try and find out what, what the boss has Ooh, got yes. exactly. No, it's not going to say. He, he's got something anyway. Um, so he's out. And I, don't, I think that Lanus can be at full strength. So we'll see. But it should be an interesting clash in any case. We shall now move on to the squads. First of all, the actual squad. The 23-man squad for the Copa America. There are a couple of changes to this one, which I will list afterwards. But I will go through the list as it was announced by the AFA earlier this week. It is as follows. Goalkeepers Sergio Romero, uh, Nahuel Guzman and Mariano Andujar. No surprises there. No, no. That's exactly what we were expecting, really. Um, might have been nice to see Jeronimo Rulli or someone put in there but they're not going to play anyway because Romero's going to be first mm. choice so that's alright Defenders Gabriel Mercado uh, Facundo Roncaglia Nicolás Otamendi Jonathan Maidana Ramiro Funes Mori Marcos Rojo and Victor Cuesta of Independiente which was the name that all three of us independently of one another um, in our own houses when the list came out just thought, what on earth is he doing there? Um, the midfielders, Matias Craneviter, Javier Mascherano, Eber Banega, Lucas Piglia, Javier Pastore, Augusto Fernandez, Eric Lamela. It's alright, yeah? No surprises, but Pastore... Pastore is one yeah. of the two who won't be playing. Uh, he's been ruled out with an injury already. Um, another man who is probably going to be ruled out but hasn't been officially ruled out yet is one of the forwards the forwards as listed are Angel Di Maria Ezequiel Lavezzi who's the one who isn't going to be playing because he's injured probably uh, Lionel Messi Sergio Aguero Gonzalo Higuain and Nicolas Gaetan when Lavezzi's uh, injury came out yesterday there were lots of very hopeful people saying oh maybe this means we can get Dybala in do we think that's going to happen? I mean, why does Martino so. not get Dybala? He, uh, the, the initial reason for not putting him into the the uh, actual the, the, the squad that Martino gave was, well, I want to take him to the Olympics and, you know, hopefully we'll be able to talk Juventus. Some of, and Dybala has since said, Juventus I'm, I'm giving me permission to go. To some are hard uh, by Martino because uh, the, pro- the, the proper player is telling you he won't be able yeah. uh, and there is a player that will... Uh, for you, uh, it's going to be to the Copa America, but mm-hmm. he's injured. Why don't you say, okay, let's go, let's give some space to, to Dybala? As well, he might still mm-hmm. do that, in fairness. I mean, I can understand yeah. the logic of taking Dybala to the Olympics if Juventus eventually back down and say, right, okay, you can take him to the Olympics, it's fine. I can see the logic in that because he's a player of, you know, who's under 23, but his experience, he's just gone through a whole Champions League campaign, he's gone through a Serie A campaign. It makes sense, but 
for me, I, I don't know, this is for someone who is from a country who've never completed, competed in the Olympics. I said it, we won it twice 100 years ago. Well, for 100 years we've competed in the Olympics once in football and I can't really you know, vi- envision uh, the importance of the Olympics in a football sense. So perhaps that's me, but I want my best players playing in the Copa America. Like, fuck the Olympics, then. But I this, want to win this, the Copa America. This Copa America is an added Copa America. It's not I a... know, because it's in Brazil and, and all that. But you think you won the Olympics in 2004, 2008. You haven't won the Copa America since 1993. You've got to go for the Copa America. I'm not sure. And, the impression I've got... Fuck the Olympics. The impression I've got talking to people recently for particularly for, for this article that I'm, I've been writing for ESPN, is that Argentines aren't really too bothered about the Copa America. I mean, they're not generally, obviously, they're far more bothered about the World Cup than everybody is. Um, but, yeah, it'd be nice to end the trophy draft. They say that, like you're going to see how bothered they are when Argentina no, no, sure. go out in the second round and they totally. set fire to Martina's house. I've been told a lot, yeah, sure, it'd be nice to end the trophy drought, but ultimately what we want is the World Cup, like the Copa America, especially this But one. what's one got to do with the other? you got... Two I agree. No, I, I agree. But I, also, but I also was. I, I, I talked to people in the last few months who were, or at least seemed to be, completely unaware that this Copa America was happening, or they'd forgotten about it because, <laughs> it, as Andres says, it's an extra one that they're putting in and it's a, everybody recognises it as the nonsense money making exercise that it is. Um, and I don't know whether that takes away some of the importance or what, but I mean, the other thing with, with having Dybala in the team from Martino's point of view, mm. where the hard-headedness could actually be useful and if he's going to take him to, to Rio, is that that's the generation of players that Dybala's going to be playing with for the next decade if he's then in the Argentine Yeah, team. this is true, this is um, what I said, you know, so from that point of view, you know, I think we can all say for, at this point, at least in time, Frozen, that Dybala is Lionel Messi's successor in the Argentina team. You can't compare anyone with Messi, I don't think, because Messi is Messi. Messi's going to da- go down in the history books as possibly the best player ever to walk into a football field. But of all the players Argentina have got at their disposal, Dybala is the guy who can take on that mantle. So from that point of view, yeah, as I said, it makes sense to, um, to take him to the Olympics. And, but and you've got to take the best players in the Copa America. And Messi after World Cup... Russia 2018, he's going to miss uh, making a, a game of wars. Messi miss. Mm-hmm. He will miss uh, Argentina national team major competitions because after Russia 2018, he will be 30 and we have already talked. He could reach Qatar 2022, but with the. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't, we don't. We but possibly miss. in midfield playing a Banega role, or you got to think he's going to become further and further back down the field, maybe. Or further up, and he's just going to play as a Inzaghi poacher. It's going to go one of either two ways. Yes. Um, so the Copa America squad is the final squad. It remains to be seen who gets, if anybody, gets called up uh, to replace Pastore and Lavezzi, and indeed whether. Well, yeah, it might be Dybala. Well, can't go with twenty-one people. It's Martino, but let's give him some credit. The one who was mentioned, no one's been mentioned yet. No one's been confirmed. Sorry, the one who was mentioned to to replace Slavetsi was Lautaro Costa again. Yeah, which I know he's had a good campaign. I'll take Lisandro Lopez over Costa. I gotta say. Anyway, Lisandro's been amazing this year. Nah. You wouldn't give Milito a swan song? Give Milito a swan song. Oh, that would be amazing. 
It would be absolutely amazing. That. We also have a 35... <sighs> I wanted to say man, but I guess it's really a 35 boy um, wow. shortlist or longlist uh, for the Copa America. No, sorry, for the Olympic Games squad. Um, the final squad is going to be, consist of 18 players. So this list is going to have to be cut in half. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 18 players plus I think there four, are four standbys. standbys yeah, yeah. The AFA website here doesn't mention that. So yeah, but I think you're right. Yeah. Um, that's what I read on, on Twitter when it came mm-hmm. out as well. Um, so the list as it is at the moment, and let's try and work out. I get the impression this list has been put together with at least half an eye on the fact that some clubs are just going to go... No, nah. he's not going. And that's going to make Martino's job at cutting the list down yeah. much easier. Craneviter, for example, you can cut off straight he's, away. Yeah, he's already allegedly, although of course nothing is final until the day that the list actually has to be handed in. Maybe the clubs can be talked around. Um, but the, the 35 man-boy list for the Olympics um, is as follows. There are four goalkeepers. Those goalkeepers are Jerónimo Rulli of Real Sociedad, Axel Werner of Atletico de Rafaela, Augusto Batasha of River Plate, Ezequiel Unsain of Newell's Old Boys. The defenders are Lanús José Luis Gómez, Rosario Central's Victor Salazar, uh, Salazar, sorry, Villarreal or Villarreal's Mateo Musacchio, uh, who we were discussing during the break, is one of the overage players. He's 25 already. Um, Rivers Jonathan Maidana, who's very much one of the overage players. Rivers uh, Emmanuel Mamana. Everton's Ramiro Funet Mori. And Independiente's Victor Cuesta. He just won't go away. And he's one of the overage players as well. He's not even very good. So that's, with those three uh, defenders, the, the the number of players over 23 yeah, that are low, it will be complete. Complete, yeah. Has Cuesta <laughs> got compromising photographs of Martinez? I think so. I mean, he's never even been mentioned in the national team context. It's bizarre, right? Suddenly he's in both of these lists. Um, other defenders, uh, Vélez Sarsfield's youngster Lautaro Gianetti, Boca Juniors' Jonathan Silva, who's had, a, or rather having, a good campaign um, individually, even though the, the team's results have been really? a bit iffy prior to this. I think so, yeah. Did you not see the letter uh, Boca fans sent to him? No. Like, pretending they were a little kid and offering Jonathan Silva their brain because they weren't going to use it anyway. Just so he started to play all right. Oh, uh, sure. Well, they've been criticising many, many, many people. And he's, he's, but Silva lost his place so he's, far. He's, 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 uh, he's a reserve. Uh, anyway, he's Boca... He's, he's, right. he's, no, he's been playing as a reserve to Fabra. Yeah. Anyway, he's yeah, going... He's been all right as a sub, yeah. As a sub, he's Anyway, he's right. going to leave Boca right now. Uh, yeah, he's got to go back to uh, Sporting, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and Alexis Soto of Banfield is the other defender. Oh, sorry, and Leandro, according to the AFA website, I think that's Leandro, uh, Vega of River. Mm. Uh, the midfielders are Atletico de Madrid's Matias Craneviter, Dream on, uh, Gerardo. Unión de Santa Fe's Mauricio Martinez. Estudiantes Santiago Ascasiba, who I think we can all say is a very good call-up and thoroughly expected. He's been fine this season. Um, Empoli's midfielder Leandro Paredes, the former Boca, Boca yeah. um, kid. Cruzeiro's Lucas Romero, formerly in Vélez Sarsfield. Uh, Banfield's Ivan Rossi, who is another player who I think has had a really, really good campaign. Um, the most exciting player on the squad list is Rosario Central's playmaker Giovanni Locelso. Uh, West Ham's Manuel Lanzini is there. Rosario Central's Franco Serbi. And the forwards are Atletico de Madrid's Angel Correa, Sampdoria's Joaquin Correa. They are not related, are they? Actually, no. they might be. No, they're not. 
Um, Independiente's Emiliano Rigoni, who's certainly a more sensible call-up than Independiente's um, Victor Cuesta in defence. Huracan's Cristian Espinosa, who's a bit of wild coming, that one. I'm not entirely convinced, but, you know, he's, he's done well. Um, Boca Juniors, Cristian Pavon, who definitely deserves a call-up, I would say. Mm-hmm. Independiente's Martin Benitez. As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a forward as well. I mean, he's yeah, yeah. through midfield, really. No, so, but he's, he's a... He's a media punta. Yeah, mm. second strike. True, yeah. Of the type uh, that abund. Paolo Dybala of Juventus. Uh, Mauro Icardi of Internazionale. Mm. Atletico de Madrid's Luciano Vieto. San Paolo's Jonathan Caleri, who might very well be Tottenham Hotspur's Jonathan Caleri, if uh, today's reports are anything to go by, by the time the Olympics kick off. And Banfield's Giovanni Simeone. But I, I find five players there, over 23. So, of course, there will be a cut because... Well, yeah, like I say, they're, they're yeah. going to have to cut... This is a 35-man list, and to get up to 18, you've got yes. to cut uh, 17 players. So, yeah. Uh, the over 30... The over 23, sorry, who I can identify are... Lanzini, Icardi... Icardi, I think he will be... No, uh, Icardi's 22 still. But he will be 23 before, I think. Uh Icardi's Anyway, no, his birthday is, oh, he's 23 now, sorry, he's yes. 23 in February, yeah. so he doesn't count as an overage player, I think, does he? I think, I think if they're under 23 in January, they're okay. Oh, okay. Well, but they're, they're definitely overage players, so Musacchio is 25, Maidana, who's 30, Funemori who's 28, Questo who's... No, Funemori? Mori's not 28. Uh, 25, sorry, what am I talking about? Questo who's 28, or 29, at least Musakio you have mentioned him uh, yeah Musakio we've mentioned uh, Lanzini of course others are Lanzini is 24 isn't he yeah um, and that might be it huh. yeah so that's 5 isn't it yeah and they're allowed a maximum of 3 all the goalkeepers are underage interesting is Rulli still underage ah uh, no you might be right yeah so Rulli would make 6 mm-hmm. Natasha's underage isn't he yeah yeah, the other three are under saying, Yeah, I'm saying it's like 21, 22. Okay, there we go. Um, it's a list with a plenty of talent in it and a few bits of Deadwood, like Victor Cuesta. Um, <laughs> yes, well balanced. I'm, I'm finding it difficult to really say very much because there are so many names on it that there's almost no point in really analysing it more than that mm. because they're all going to get cut. No, right. I was a bit more... Happy with that list and with the Copa America list, which left me really kind of sure. But it's within meh. the context as well. I mean, if this list had been provided for the Copa America, you'd be saying it's an awful squad. Well, <laughs> I would have liked to see more of the young names in the Copa America squad. Yeah, no, that's true, especially in the, I mean, in the midfield and four positions. Yeah. I think that obviously both, both lists have got problems yeah. in defence. Obviously, the Olympics and Copa America don't usually overlap, so we don't have mm. this problem. But it's kind of the same. Argentina squad we've seen for the last six years basically that hasn't really well hasn't won anything yeah it would be good to see uh, a couple of decent names no I think that before the cut is done uh, that we I think for sure that Cuesta won't be in the definite list that Romero f- well, the former Copa America definite list Yes. Okay. Can you be that sure he's not going to be in the Olympic? The Dybala won't be in both uh, in any of the competitions, and Cuesta could could mm-hmm. be. So it's strange, but I think Cuesta won't be as 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 well as uh, Romero from Arbeles. Mm-hmm. I think he won't be there. Uh, and uh, 
and Sini won't be, I think, as I say, uh, older than 23. Supposedly, those three for me is what won't be there. And supposedly, Kranimikta and Remy Rafunek Mari have both uh, heard from their clubs that they won't be allowed, but as we say. Nothing's final until the day that the squad list comes out. Mm -hmm. uh, let's go on very quickly to listeners' questions, which we're going to try and whip through because Dan's girlfriend has got home and is being very silent in the kitchen. Thank you. Um, first of all, from the Lone Star, who says, How do you think Martin Palermo will go as manager at Unione Española in Chile? Mm, it's good. Bueno. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting one. He needs yeah. to do well. Um, after the way that his uh, not so much his time at Godoy Cruz which was sort of middling and a first job but the way that he went to Arsenal de Sarandi um, I think he like needs a, a good um, spell and I don't really know enough about Unione Española or the current state of the Chilean league to be able mm. to know what kind of impact he's going to have I'm afraid sorry um, Luis Pessone asks I've always been a Garay supporter I'm unsure why he gets excluded perhaps we can discuss I think it's a fitness thing, one. Fitness problems, yeah, he's been injured almost. I would have had him in, all the same. A head of Cuesta, at least, I would have taken him. Mm. But, I guess. Likewise, but yeah, we suspect I'm guessing Martino wouldn't be biased against him, as he's a Newell's old boy, old boy. But, who knows? Well, that would be a reason for Mart uh, Martino to be biased towards him, surely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, sorry, right, like, yes. Misheard you. Um... um Chris Murtagh asks, which players will Banfield lose at the end of this season? My worry is one of the players we mentioned on the Olympic list, Ivan Rossi um, and Giovanni Simeone both departing. Rossi especially. I would agree with that pretty much. I think they're both going to be hard to hang on to. Um, yeah, Simeone's had a pretty decent year. Simeone's also got a famous name, of course, which is going to help. Yes. He, he yeah, first of all, return to River. Um, he must, must return. Is but he on loan or? Oh, yeah, right. He's on loan, so yeah. they're definitely losing yes, him. Yeah. Unless they he must return, him. but Gacharro, of course, will have to decide whether where he stays or if not. If I was Gacharro, I'd keep out of him, to be honest. I think he's grown a lot here at Banfield and lot of strikers. River's attacking impotence at the moment. A lot of strikers will have to return to River. Van yeah. Kaprov from Metz, Fran from mm -hmm. France. He's done well, Simeone, right? yeah. Andrada from Kilmes. So. We will have to see what happens there. We could see a very youthful-looking river attack next year, or the next season, or possibly not. Um, Aued's Touch, which is uh, Darren Paul's new user, Great name. Great name. asks, what's up with Saha? How many of the Racing squad will remain? Is Cocker coming home? Aued captain? That's a lot of questions in one tweet. Whew. Dan? Uh, as we said earlier, it looks like Saha's going to either retire or go somewhere else. Cocker uh, is been linked with a job but I for one wouldn't really want to see him come back mm -hmm. I think he's had his time at Racing uh, I wed captain sure why not and how many of the Racing squad will remain 20 okay <laughs> he also has tweeted us a picture of uh, some gentlemen I don't recognise fighting at the training ground and wants to know what's happening there mm -hmm. Who, who's that Don't tell us <laughs> They're all in racing, well, in Olympicos training top, so I'm assuming they're racing players. That's Teo against Doble. That's oh, that's old. That's Teo. Yeah, 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 that's a very old photograph. That's 2011, um, I believe. Of when Teo, Teo Gutierrez being Teo Gutierrez. Went toe to toe with Mauro Doble. Luis Bessone asks any word on Ted Turner's television takeover. Um, as far as we're aware, he's, still trying, to, he, he's still trying to buy Telefe, <coughs> which is one of the um, cable uh, channels 
I believe the rights are up for bids on the 30th of May, possibly, or the 6th of June. The television rights, or yes. the, the football the rights. The football Baradas rights are going up for general bids on either next week or the other week. So we will hear more then. He is trying to buy Telefe separately from the, the football Baradas rights, but of course the football Baradas rights might have a certain say in how much he's willing to pay for Telefe and whether that deal actually goes ahead. Uh, Darren also asks, can and will Racing win the Copa Argentina? Uh, they are struggling against Gimnasi Tiro. It's still nil-nil with 16 minutes to go at the moment. So can they win this tie, first of all, Dan? Mm, let's find out. Okay. A little bit later. Um, can they win the Copa Argentina if they do get through this round? Yeah, yes, why not? Yes, they can. They're one of the better yeah. teams in the country. Uh, also, league champions for this weekend. We're Lanus. going for Lanús, right? I, yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to stick my neck out and say San Lorenzo then if you two are going for Lanus. Fine. Uh, Luis Bessone is back and asks, could the Hand of Pod panel opine on Tate's call-ups and squad strategies? We just did. Uh, hopefully that was uh, sufficient for you. Tom Robinson says, notice, good grief, we've had a lot of questions this month. Yeah. This month? This week. We bugger all last week. <laughs> Tom Robinson says, notice quite a few Primera players failing doping tests for Oxa B12 recently. Is much being done about it? Well... The Argentine doping testing laboratory was banned from doing tests for WADA for a few months this year because their um, uh, facilities weren't up to scratch, basically. It's either the facilities or the procedures. Yeah, it was one of the two things. um, And they were banned from testing. So that might have something to do with it, possibly. It might just be that the the testing that's now being done is picking up something that everybody was in the habit of Mm. taking uh, because they knew it wasn't going to get picked up before. Or possibly. Who knows? Um... That's the best guess that we can give you. Darren has another question. Bloody hell, Darren. Is Sava wearing brown boat shoes with a goddamn tracksuit? And why is Saha retiring? Is it because of Sava's tactics? And Darren's unasked question, but I'll ask it, is could it be because of Sava's dress sense? I don't think so, no. A goalkeeper retiring because of a manager's tactics would be um, interesting. Retiring from the goalkeeper is the same job. I don't know, um, that was what, 36, 37? I would have thought he'd go to MLS if anywhere, you know, one year of, of the big bucks and then, and then off, you know, Sebastian, off to enjoy it. Sebastian Saha, who I've managed to misspell as Sebastian Saha, mm-hmm. uh, is 37 next month. There you go. 37 in, uh, in about two yeah, years' well, time. Yeah, he can, he can play uh, one or more or two Yeah, two one years. or two years in the States and then he saw it. Liam Kelly says, could Giovanni Simeone be more involved next season? Does he have a point to prove after the loan spell at Banfield? Yes, and yes. Potentially and yeah. definitely. Um, Liam Kelly also says, what are Boca's chances of winning the Copa Libertadores? They don't have an easy semi-final. They are playing Independiente del Valle of Ecuador, who beat Pumas last night. Not exactly the hardest, though, is it? But uh, the three first leg at potential alti- rivals. First leg or second leg at altitude? First leg, isn't it? It must be yeah. um, at altitude, so that could be. And you know they've done well. I mean, these the teams who come through like this are always dangerous. We might have been saying nine years ago but, when they were playing Cucuta in the semi final. They won't play. Too. They won't play at the at the La pa- at the Quito Stadium. No, they'll be back in their own stadium. Yes. We'll this. Okay. I don't remember exactly the name, but uh, of the stadium, but they will come back to their to their own stadium. Uh-huh. right. We'll see. Um, we'll see. We will see, but it should be a very interesting tie. It's worth bearing in mind that, of course, it's not being played till after the Copa America, um, and 
that last night the AFA petitioned FIFA to get the uh, transfer match system um, opened for Argentina a couple of weeks earlier than it was planned. It was planned for mid... 18th of July. July, thank you. I wanted to say June, but it wasn't June. Um, and they're going to open it now on the 4th of June to allow Boca the chance to make um, a couple of signings if they want to ahead of their Copa Libertadores semi-final, which is all good because I don't know why on earth it was going to not be the case <laughs> since Argentine clubs reaching the semis have always been allowed that until now. Um, Liam also asked our Atletico Nacional the favourites for the Libertadores. Uh, I think uh, San Paolo San Paolo or, or Boca at this point. Mm. I would, I would agree with Dan um, yeah. and of course if San Paolo do do it Edgardo Bausa enters history as the first manager ever to win the Copa Libertadores with three different clubs he already has entered history as the first coach mm. ever to, um, Reach to the bring semis four, four different, different teams clubs, yeah. into the semi-finals yeah. those clubs being of course the two who he's won it with San Lorenzo Liga de Quito as well as San Paolo this year and Central well done uh, Arsenal Arsenal fanatic, I'm assuming, rather than Arsenal. Yes, this is right. Arsenal fanatic. Uh, says, will Dybala be representing Argentina this summer in either the Copa or the Olympics? Well, we mm. sort of covered that one watch this space. a few minutes ago. And yeah, watch this space, as Dan says. And finally, Liam says, lastly, we are off to Wembley on Saturday. Championship playoff final without Rosario-born Italian playmaker. Can't wait. I don't know. Is uh, Rosario-born Italian? I have no idea. I don't know who Liam supports. So. Well, it's got to be one of two teams, right? Hello. Hello. Oh, Sheffield Hello. Wednesday fan. So, ah, saw him. He's he's decent. I'd like to say Grazioni, but that sounds a little bit stereotyped. <laughs> good luck, anyway, Liam. Yeah. I have a couple of good luck, Grazioni as well. So, good luck. Um, we have no mystical predictions this week, and we've you don't want to throw one out for. Well, we've already predicted our, We've already predicted ah, our, our championship winners. So, who do we think is going to get the Argent the coveted oh, Argentina me. three spot for the Libertadores draw? Estudiantes or Godoy Cruz? Bearing in mind, Godoy Cruz have got both strikers suspended. Nah, Estudiantes. Yeah. The, the order will be Lanús, San Lorenzo, Estudiantes. For me. I, I, as I say, I, I'm going to go for San Lorenzo to win the title, but I will go for Estudiantes as well to get third place um, because of uh, Ayobi and Garcia's idiocy, let's mm. say, the other day. Uh, there are ten minutes to go in Racing Gimnasia Tiro. It's still goalless. I'll be back after the theme music to let you know. Are we going to do any episodes in Copa America? We will be back next week to preview the Copa America and, of course, review uh, the the championship final and the playoff. Uh, During the Copa America, I'm not really sure. I might just give myself a few weeks off and then we'll reconvene to review the Copa America, hopefully to review Argentina's victory in it, um, and to preview the Copa Libertadores semi-finals and final before the... Well, and also to give you an update on what on earth's happening with next with next year's domestic season. For now, thank you very much for listening to us for another bumper episode um, mm. of the podcast. The shenanigans at AFA have meant that we've gone on rather longer than we would have liked to for the last three episodes in a row now. So thanks for sticking with us. And it's goodbye from Andres. Goodbye. Thank you. From English, Dan. Goodbye and thank you. And from me, goodbye and thank you. Racing have just won 2-0 against Team Nasia y Tiro in the Copa Argentina to go into the last 32. Dan, can they win the Copa Argentina? Yeah, sure, why not? Join us again next week for more analysis. What's that? They always the last big five scorer. Oh yeah, that as well. <laughs>